0: Hello and welcome to part 2 of episode 2 where we talked about reading and music and languages um or actually rather we planned on talking about all that stuff <laughs> um but now we had to do a part 2 If you haven't listened to part one, feel free to go back, listen to it. It has been very insightful. We talked about languages and music in our lives. And we decided to do this part two uh, about reading specifically. Because again, I think we have both a very very different and unique relationship with books and readings.
1: Yes. Yes, it's wonderful to have you back, guys. And yeah, I guess let's start out with uh, instead of the spoken word, with the written word. Amazing. <laughs> As Shakespeare might uh, suggest. Whatever. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, my first question for you would be which language are you reading in?
0: Oh, I I already love that question because um, for me it's always... I want to read the book in the original language, if possible. If the book's been written in English, Same I want to read it in English. If the book's been written in German, I wouldn't want to read it in German, because you know you can be the best translator in the world, you know, an editor and whatever, but you're always going to lose some of some of the nuances in in the book yes. from the original yes. manuscript, especially
1: like some words don't exist in the other language. I consistently see that thing like during my philosophy studies because people are, there are like a lot of philosophers from Germany and a lot of the words they are using, like um, philosophy is always like kind of a differentiation between the meaning of words and what you want to like portray with them and a lot of the german words they're using are simply not existing in english so they are like just taking that german word using it in an english sense with the original german meaning and yeah it's the same so it's the same for me with books too like if it's possible read the original language
0: yeah definitely but um i have to be honest sometimes um, I think especially when it comes to self-improvement and self-help and all other kind of books, sometimes even if the book's written in German, which is quite rare, to be honest, but even then I, for some reason, prefer it in English. For some reason, I, when I think about self-improvement and self-help and all that stuff, I always think about it in English, and when I write something about it, I always <laughs> write it in English, so... Yeah, for me, English is just really the go-to language when it comes to book books. I think second place is yes. German, third place, you know, Romanian, French, whatever.
1: I think even if you, like, don't speak the original language, then I- I'd say the English version is your go-to version because that's, like, made for the international market, which probably has even the best translation yeah, definitely. available.
0: I think also... N- interesting discussion we even had in english class in in 12th grade was digital reading versus analog reading and oh, before yes. yeah it was very <laughs> controversial that, that that lesson was very fun because you know it's interesting for books most people have have the sort of again they sort of romanticize books and what books are Mm. about and for most people it's like i want to feel the pages and i want to smell the paper and i want to see it in my shelf and you know it's great and i'm also
1: i also agree with that i also have (laughs) that
0: but um i think for me that's especially true for fiction when it comes to fiction having that but when it comes to um uh, non-fiction books the books who are sort of oriented towards an audience who just wants information and wants it fast and you know wants to learn i honestly don't really care if i read it on the laptop or on my kindle or uh, in in a physical book i don't really care oh you
1: got yourself a kindle now too (laughs) yeah i
0: i think i i had the kindle before you even
1: Uh, actually well very nice but before we get to that topic (laughs) um yeah go on please
0: yeah so if there's anything um yeah so fiction i i get it it's it's nice to have it, it's sort of part of the experience of reading fiction i think having having the pages and feeling them and smelling the paper and you know sitting in front of uh i don't know of your tv where you have put like um you know a fireplace <laughs> on oh yeah. <laughs> and
1: you know just i get it like it's a whole next to your window looking out into the world when it where there's a rainy day it's a whole Ah, vibe oh that's such a nice just thinking about it evokes such (laughs) nice feelings definitely
0: (laughs) but but as i said when it comes to when my sole purpose of reading something is to gain information and you know Mm. to apply to my life or whatever i just want information as fast as possible and i don't really care where i read it or on what medium But there are people who say I want all my books to be Mm. digital, or I want all my books to be analog, and you know, more power to you. I don't care (laughs) to what you want (laughs) to do. I mean, it's your life, and seriously, I think there are um, more important matters to discuss in you know in society than what on what medium should we read books. Like just just choose whatever you like, whatever you want. You know, both have uh advantages and disadvantages for analog books is you can take them and for digital books sorry you can take them anywhere you can take like thousands of books and in just a little device, device. <laughs> uh, that can fit in your back pocket or whatever you know it's just way more convenient and especially if you're traveling a lot it's just it makes more sense
1: what would you like say that it's mm, i mean your digital books for you are like all about effective learning about a topic but like, wouldn't wouldn't you agree that it's more difficult to learn something from like a screen, where basically every every page or uh, the screen you have in front of you basically always stays the same, and you don't have something to touch, something to kind of make uh, like uh, connect your memories with? Because for me, uh, with like analog books, it's like you can specifically pinpoint. Specific ideas to certain pages, whether it's in the front of the book or the back of the book, or you you i i don't know for me it's like I get that feeling more for analog books than for digital books
0: i I agree to some extent, but the great thing about a Kindle, as you know, is you can highlight <laughs> stuff, you can actually mm-hmm. even take notes if you want to on the Kindle, you can export your notes, you know so for me, when it comes to when it comes to taking notes, highlighting stuff and, uh, you know, having a sort of mini summary um, of every book, it's when it comes to the effectiveness of digital versus analog, for me, it's almost, almost identical. So, All right. yeah.
1: Yeah, for me, I'm handling it in a very similar way to you. I'm basically also... <laughs> Only reading like fictional books, and also like the uh, philosophy scripts and books in um, and uh, what do you say, analog manner, and for all of that self learning, uh, self development. I mean, and self help books, um, where it's also for about effectiveness for me. I'm also resorting back to my Kindle of, uh, for the exact same reason of being able to highlight stuff and being able to pull it onto your computer, organize it in a uh, neat way um the only thing about that like you know, the only problem I, I encounter with that is that even if you highlight your stuff it's probably going to be lost somewhere in i don't know some kind of <laughs> uh, highlighting text highlighting file where you're probably never gonna resort back to it
0: okay yeah true Well. But...
1: and for me so like it's I, I don't know. I need to make the step from getting the idea out of the book into my life somehow. Yeah. There are like nice online tools out there which email you like five of your highlights to you daily. I think it's called Readwise or something. The problem for me with that is that it's like uh, for me as a student, it's super expensive yes. <laughs> because I, I don't th- I don't think that they offer a free version or only for like a month or something. Yeah
0: something like that
1: so i kind of have to get it into um yeah my life in in a different way and i recently as i already mentioned in the previous episode i think i recently got gifted those window markers and i've ever since then i've been like writing on my window which you might be able to see there. yes (laughs) (laughs) we we are having like a zoom meeting here uh, where we are recording and yeah my my whole window is like (laughs) filled with advice where i can like yeah get up every morning look at it see which principles i want to follow and then the evening when i'm going back to bed i also pay a quick glance to it and can like see where i succeeded which i want to do better next day
0: always you know being positive and having no it's a great idea i I might actually yes like
1: there's there's this principle of auto suggestion out there if you're like telling your subconscious mind um the same principle every day and like you're you're making yourself feeling about it uh, in a positive manner then it kind of becomes part of your like character of your identity and your subconscious mind adopts that principle yeah definitely where it becomes natural to you I think
0: I think if you as a person are able to manipulate your subconscious in a positive way of course i think yes, it's that's, very that's powerful kind of
1: like sounds like brainwashing yeah. and it also kind of is <laughs> but always do it in a positive of way of course
0: no but it's very powerful it's i mean if you um i i noticed that myself with certain you know certain things in my life certain ideas um that you know you when you repeat them and constantly hear them you know uh whether it be on your instagram feed or you watch youtube videos mm. about that or you make on your own little notes about stuff you uh, about random insights you have throughout the day and all this stuff and if you just um are constantly sort of bombarded with all that stuff after some time inevitably you're gonna you won't even remember a time where you didn't think that way because subconscious yes. is so so used and so manipulated in a positive positive way hopefully that you don't have to actively try to for example uh you know see the positive aspects and life it again or again not again but um i'm <laughs> I'm not a sort of person who is like ridiculously optimistic about stuff, but i do I do really believe that having an optimistic mindset no matter what in in the sense of you know, even if there are 99 problems in a situation you find the one thing that actually didn't went terribly wrong you can actually i don't know it it just puts you in a way better position to actually improve all the other areas instead of thinking oh man Definitely. you know 99 percent didn't work out and i i will never get it and i will never it will never work out but if you think man but the one percent actually wasn't that terrible <laughs> it actually kind <laughs> of worked and from that 1% can become, you know, 2% and 3%. Yeah, you can
1: like start working on that 1% and you don't feel overwhelmed by all <laughs> of whatever went wrong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there, there's this kind of saying out there if you I don't know whether it's like a exactly phrased in that way. But if you want to become something or someone or something, then just think that you are already. Yeah. <laughs> think about it in that way.
0: Yes, yeah, I think also. I don't know if you if you know him, David Goggins, this former never heard of him. Either. Former <laughs> Navy SEAL, like extreme marathons
1: and just a, look him. Yeah, uh, those are all always those really inspirational people. Yeah,
0: but he's <laughs> um, he wrote a book called uh, "Can't Hurt Me," and I, I didn't mm-hmm. read it, but I know some some aspects of it, and he talks about this. Um, I think I don't know how it's called exactly i'm paraphrasing but i think it's something like the 40 percent rule where mm-hmm. when you think you're done like when you think for example let's let's take running a mar- marathon and you know, you, th- you you come to a point where you think man i really can't can't go anymore like my feet uh, my feet hurt and my knees hurt and my everything hurts and i'm thirsty and uh, my you know <laughs> i'm I, I just can't take it anymore really you're probably only 40 percent done like you're only 40 percent at your potential and if you sort of develop that ability to push through after your mind tells you to stop and you actually push through and gain access to more than 40 percent of your potential um you know great stuff is going to happen he's a very big advocate Uh, He sort of created this this rule this mindset that mm-hmm. you know if you can control your mind in every situation and you know controlling your mind also means controlling your thoughts your emotions everything if you have that ability to you know people say you know i i, I wasn't thinking i i let my emotions override and in might I mean, it happens all the time to me, also. Like, <laughs> I have absolutely no, yes. no. Master. I mean, every
1: everyone is affected by yeah, that Absolutely, nobody m- is. No master of my. Well, maybe, but, but probably some Buddhistic monk or yeah, something. Maybe. They are able to, <laughs> like, stay calm in every situation. Yeah, can crack like mm.
0: um, all kind of things with the head without hurting. <laughs> and <laughs>
1: mind power, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but you know, I'm no. I I definitely. Give sometimes way too much control to my emotions, and I'm no you know no master mm-hmm. of them. But I have realized that at the end of the day, it's actually a decision we make.
1: Like if we decide everything is a decision. You know, if even if we don't decide to do anything, exactly.
0: And you know, even if we you know we are angry, somebody says some shit about us, and we we're getting angry and you know aggressive it's actually your decision how you are reacting outwards like you can be angry and pissed off on the inside internally but you ultimately decide what you show externally and i think
1: yes and especially if you like if you are the person that shows your anger and wants to express it like with insults or something that very action becomes part of your character and your identity and i don't think that any one of us wants to be seen in in the manner or in the manner of the old angry guy that's like i don't know uh <laughs> screaming at the children on on his lawn
0: yeah <laughs> um yeah definitely so gaining control of your mind is is yeah one of the most like, if, if you actually master it to some, at least to some degree, like, nobody's going to master it 100%, except, mm. again, maybe for, like, some Buddhist monks or something like that. But mm. even if you get to, like, 80%, I think you're far above the majority of people on, on this earth. If you manage... you if yeah, you,
1: yeah, from my experience, like, lots of people tend to, like, only follow their emotions yeah. and their feelings.
0: Definitely, and and
1: yeah, which is not. I don't. I don't want to express that. That's a bad part. You just have to like with everything in life. You kind of have to uh, the need to find a balance.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there's a big difference between sort of acknowledging your emotions and you know working with them and actually expressing them in a manner that isn't hurtful to other people. And Mm -hmm. there's a difference between saying, you know, it, it's my emotions, I can control them, it's part of who I am, and therefore I'm now getting aggressive and insulting everybody around me and being pissed off for the whole day. You know, it's it's as you said, it's a balance by but for me at least, I've noticed that for me the balance is rather towards um con- more being more controlled with my emotions rather than letting them take control. Mm-hmm. You know i prefer to have the sort of imbalance in my balance <laughs> if that makes
1: sense <laughs> yeah if you can put it that way yeah the, the only aspect you really have to watch about uh, out um, there is that you like don't lose how, how do you say it? don't lose like your uh, connection to that's very, like in a very uh, spiritual way of putting it now but the connection to your inner self of what you really want of what you're actual principles are, because you can if also in that whole self development and self help mentality, you can quickly get like drift off really far from where you actually want to see you in the future. Yes, de- where you're just like workaholic or something <laughs> that's not that desirable, at least in my yeah uh, yeah view of life. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. But but maybe to sort of come back to our topic of reading and books (laughs) i think yeah we drifted um, off quite a lot (laughs) i think no but it's it's related to that because you know reading as people say say,
1: like sharpens
0: your mind and um Mm -hmm. as you read more you you learn more about yourself about your emotions about how to control them you just learn more about life and i think you know reading is probably uh the one of the best investments you can make like as you said for example i think we had this uh quick talk a few maybe last week where you said that for you you know buying books is just a no-brainer you don't think oh man that books cost seven bucks and with yes. seven bucks i can buy myself the, the, long-term,
1: gain, like, <laughs> the long-term gain like the long-term game is so much um bigger than the money you lose there there's also this concept like in finance of like human capital like, if you're investing into a book, you're basically investing into yourself, into your um, capabilities of thinking about a topic, into your knowledge, and the turnout of of that little investment of let's say ten bucks uh, in the long term. Like, if you if you're working in the management sector or something or want to work there, the turnout is so much so much bigger than the a uh, few bucks you lost there.
0: Yeah, exactly. The the return on investment is
1: just like. a thousand
0: (laughs) a thousand percent maybe even more Mm -hmm. i mean the knowledge you gain and you know but i I think there's a big big problem in the sort of reading community and it's something that i i've noticed Mm -hmm. um quite a lot you know i'm sure you know those videos on youtube where people are like oh i read 100 books this year and i read so and so many books
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh i know who you're referring to yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) and um it's great and it's amazing and all that but to me at least you know i maybe that will change i don't know but for me at this point it's it's like i don't care how many books you've read uh, of course it's impressive you know and i know a of people who read a tremendous amount of books and every year and i just you know it, it's amazing it's great and i respect that and i really admire that but at the same time for me it's like i don't really care that much how many books you've read what i care about is what have you done in life with the knowledge you gained.
1: yeah what what did you actually like um take out of those books and put into effect because you can read as many books as you want if you don't learn from them exactly then what then you're actually like kind of losing your investment if i I may say so yeah so that brings me to an interesting question like how do you how how is the process um, of transferring the knowledge out of books into your life if it's like a non-fictional book how how is this process uh, working out for you what what are you doing yeah, to kind of make those changes take place
0: yeah I, I don't have a fixed system as of now i'm still you know working on that but um what i've noticed what works best for me is really to as i'm reading to have this kind of challenge for myself you know usually in self-help or self-improvement books there. are uh you know, they're organized in chapters and every chapter is like a new technique or a new thought model or whatever. And as I read through the chapter, I sort of try to actively think, okay, how can I take this? And really I really just try to think about a situation in my life I've had or I could have one day. How could I actually apply it? For example, um now I'm <laughs> I'm still reading uh how to win friends and influence people. I think you finished it already. I'm I'm still. I finished it. I'm still on it.
1: Um, just as a little disclaimer, that title sounds like really yeah egoistically, and <laughs> it it sounds it sounds wrong because it sounds like you're trying to gain um, huge benefit by manipulating people in I don't know a, a way that's uh, profitable for you. But I'd say that book is actually kind of almost about the opposite you're either trying to motivate other people to get closer to what they want to do, or you're just trying to um, enable both of you to interact in a, uh, let's say, let's say reasonable manner in reasonable discussions and yeah, where you both profit off that. And yeah, yeah, I guess the title is kind of, uh, due to the uh, book being written, having been written like 70 years ago or even more like that. Yeah,
0: no, but, um. For me, for example, for that book specifically, what I do is I, I read through the chapters. And usually, you know, in the beginning, there's a sort of summary of what it's going to be about. And there are a ton, a ton of examples and real life situations. And throughout those uh, examples, there are usually, again, some kind of summary of what this chapter is actually about. And I just try to actively think, for example, when it, when it talks about, you know, um when you're in a negotiation for example for or in a job interview or try to negotiate your salary you know and to try to Mm -hmm. you know to try to make it to the other person clear how you can help them not be like okay i deserve it and i worked so and so much and uh (laughs) blah 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 nobody really cares about that you actually have to show them look i've helped you with x and y and this is how i'm valuable to your company and this is how i actually uh, make you more money and it sounds like sort of you know being this corporate corporate dog (laughs) like being um subsidizing yourself under your boss or whatever but it's really just about showing people hey i'm actually helping you out here and it's not necessarily the other way around and because i'm helping you and i'm willingly here and i work for you in order to make you more money to make you more successful to make you appear on forbes (laughs) or whatever um (laughs) you you know the person when the person decides to give you a raise for example they actually think that it was their idea they think they they don't think oh he, Mm -hmm. he convinced me they think yeah, he, he's helping me. I help him, of course. You know, th- those are my principles. That's who I am. So I, I just try to think of real life example. How can I use that in a job interview? How can I use that when one day maybe I'm negotiating million dollar deals? Who knows? You know, how can I actually use that knowledge in, <laughs> in real life? And that's sort of my process throughout the books as I read. And then um, for me, it's like I, I usually like, like to read the whole book. And you make highlights and make notes and think about that stuff actively. And then after I've read the book to sort of incorporate that space repetition uh, when it comes to note-taking, um, I actually go back through the book, through, through every chapter, through the highlights I've made and try to reconstruct the the thoughts I had when I when I read it the first time. And then I put it into Notion and try to summarize it. So that's sort of my process. I i read it, I think about it while I'm reading, and then to have this base repetition aspect, I go back through it again
1: and summarize it. That sounds like a very um yeah productive uh, way of um yeah tackling this problem of getting out ideas out of the book. Um what I'm personally doing, I'm also like, basically, what you really need to do after each chapter in a, like, non-fiction book, you need to sit down and think, what have I just read? Because otherwise, whatever you just read will be lost yeah. during, like, next day even. You, you, that That's kind of also that spaced repetition part you brought in there. Like, spaced repetition is this learning method where you are, like, kind of resetting your forgetting curve. Your forgetting curve is, like, over time, um, you're knowledge is kind of decaying in this exponential sense and you want to reset that and the more often you do that the longer it will stay in your mind and it's very useful to start out like right after a chapter and to yeah consistently like look back at what you just read or like what you highlighted that's why readwise or something is that powerful because you're like getting sent all of your highlights yeah if it was okay so for you (laughs) so for
0: you the process is more chapter based rather than you know finishing the book and then
1: going back. It's um well I, I'd say for me it's both. Like when I'm reading after I'm reading I'm um usually it's like evening I'm lying in my bed. If I'm not too tired um I I'm give myself like five or ten minutes to think about what I just read again. And I'm not, like with my highlights and everything, I I will return to that at the end of the book after I finished it. Then I will pull everything on my laptop, maybe write a blog post about (laughs) it (laughs) and yeah, put things into effect, put them on my window (laughs) for all the world out there to see (laughs) (laughs) what a weirdo I am. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I think that that's kind of the way I'm tackling it.
0: Cool. Um now what what i think now
1: you know for sort of
0: the end of of part two uh, i think what's we we've talked about you know fiction versus non-fiction very very quickly
1: yes that's what i also just wanted to ask you like what are you getting more involved into
0: i think you know for me uh when i was younger i was you know obviously only reading fiction like (laughs) almost like 99% was was just fiction (laughs) I read a lot when I was younger like up until like seventh grade I was reading a ton like I was coming from school and that's all I was doing till I went to sleep basically um but you know it kind of got lost somewhere in the middle for some reason and about a year ago I started to make a more conscious effort to read more again and to kind of fall back in, in love with it um but since then it's almost only been non-fiction because and it's hard to tell because mm. fiction isn't necessary i wouldn't say a waste of time for me but when it comes to deciding between reading uh i don't know Let's say Harry Potter again, or uh, reading a book about yes. finances. I think the decision is is pretty clear, at least for me, and also for me. The thing is <laughs> not
1: for all of the viewers or listeners course. out there. I think, yeah, but um, it's quite similar for me because, like nowadays, I really tend to have this very filled timetable. <laughs> and if you think about it, what do you want to make space for? Like more, or what do you make space for more likely? Is it something that you'll profit go you on to profit off more in the long term, or is it another fiction book which is nice to read for leisure, which can also like replace I don't know Netflix time, which I also advise yeah. all of you out there <laughs> to replace your Netflix time maybe with some cool fiction books, fictional books. But yeah, for me the decision is also clear on the non-fiction side.
0: Yeah. I think also Ali Abdal kind of talked about that that people, as I also said, tend to romanticize books and book reading. And it's kind of this implicit rule that once you start a book, you finish it.
1: (laughs) No matter what. And (laughs) for
0: me honestly, I've I've come to a point where especially but it's especially for fiction. When it bores me when i realize i have absolutely you know it's just i don't enjoy it because when i read fiction that's what i read it for for enjoyment for relaxation and i realize it does none of that i just i I just stop reading
1: okay okay you really have to be distinctive there because i don't fully agree with you on that um there are like especially like Oh, I don't know what's uh, the expression in English for Roman. Like those Um, um, really long, long stories from, I don't know, some philosophers or something like that, which only pay out if you like force yourself through the first 200 pages, because the last 800 Mm -hmm. pages will be so worth it if you just force yourself to the boring introductional part.
0: Yeah, okay, I agree. agree That's kind
1: of the things you have to um, differentiate there. I think it's like... uh, taking up a new habit for a new habit you want to like follow it for a year at least for a year you want to follow it through no matter what comes to be then sure to decide um like whether you want to keep up with it or whether you want to drop it and with a book uh, i guess it's maybe similar maybe you want to read the first 100 200 pages to just be sure that the book actually isn't is uh not as good as everybody recommended you it would be
0: yeah no but for me
1: so that's my way of thinking about it i guess no but
0: you know if if someone recommends the book and especially if it's someone um if it's someone i know that person has a very good taste in books i i read it you know (laughs) but you know for most books i think for me it's like 90 percent maybe of of books i just they just captivate you from page one I think there are there are a few books that are actually worth a read that are boring for eighty percent and then the last twenty percent are absolutely amazing
1: i I think though yeah true true that for most modern books i mean especially with social media and all of all of that stuff, your attention like span yeah. is has has like declined so much so maybe for the older books out there where the internet wasn't yet a thing where you maybe had the time to invest uh, into reading uh, like the first hundred pages there it might be worth it because those people weren't like um out for grabbing your attention uh, spot on and competing with hundreds of other authors
0: yeah that's true but you know older books usually not only do they have the sort of you know this book is a classic you have to read it. Um, there's just certain books like Robinson mm-hmm. Crusoe or you know all all those classics you just mm-hmm. have to read them. There's no discussion about that. And usually even those books you know they're captivating in in their own way. They aren't necessarily you know screaming for attention on the first few pages, but they're just yes. captivating in their own way. Maybe it's just you know this this but
1: what i actually noticed for lots of those books like okay it's it's like the really classic book you have to read they are usually the the ones that started most boring
0: (laughs) yeah that's true usually they start with this whole
1: that's that's where where it's really worth pulling through of course
0: of course but yeah for me it's a very intuitive decision and usually you know i i think usually you realize when a book is is good and when a book is just garbage (laughs) when it comes to when it comes to (laughs) 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 fiction and honestly, I I I think I've done that maybe twice up up until up until now that I've said, man, this this book's just just not worth it. And usually they were mm. like really random books that uh, Amazon gave me for free for some reason. I was like, okay, cool, oh, it's good. for free. <laughs> Why not?
1: How can I sign up for that too? <laughs>
0: just you know, just try and read it, and
1: you know, usually they weren't that good.
0: But yeah, when it comes to most most fiction books are actually pretty good and especially if someone recommends mm. it you're like okay it, it can be it can't be terrible <laughs> it probably it probably is worth a read
1: mm. yeah for like my journey on reading it was like as a child i was really into those like scientific books for children where there are lots of pictures and where i don't know where there's things about, um, yeah, where they explain things about dinosaurs or the weather Mm -hmm. or especially about space. I think that's where kind of my interest for physics came from, from all of those space books I read there. And yeah, then there was like, I don't know, some some kind of short break where in between for a few years until I got into um, high school and there I, I discovered my interest for fictional books. And that fictional interest, I don't know, that held for like four years where I read read lots of books, Top Secret and uh, all of of those (laughs) typical uh, things. Oh, yes, that's that too. (laughs) Nowadays, I would not read that again, but (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yeah, all, all of the typical stuff you get into contact with that you should have read. And then as I already said, I, I which I nowadays consider as kind of a mistake, I dropped lots of my interests for um having good grades and <laughs> all of that stuff in like the final two years of high school. Yeah. And only like at the end of it I I got into that non fictional book sector with the self improvement and self development books. And that really got me started off um in, proving my life to where i actually want to be yeah yes yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great especially like the the most important rule i uh till nowadays for me was take over responsibility for life yes <laughs> for your own life definitely it's been like a jordan peterson book Yeah, I guess. jordan peterson yeah.
0: approves <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. you know it's just quickly about about that about you know responsibility in in your life you know once you Mm. realize that and once it really gets into your head and you realize what we talked about i think in in the episode prior in part one that you actually do have control over your emotions over your actions over you know doesn't really depend on on the circumstances ultimately whatever you do whatever you know whatever shitty reaction you have whatever insults you say it ultimately was a a sort of decision more maybe mm. maybe unconscious maybe somewhat conscious but it was a decision ultimately and once you take control over that and once you realize man it's it's my responsibility what i do what i say you know uh when i decide to watch netflix or read a book <laughs> on self-improvement and you know, it's in the I, th- I think at first this idea is quite scary you know because you can say oh the government's at fault the politics that's f- uh, at fault the um education system or you know whatever it's it's really scary at first to realize okay but really it's it's just me versus me ultimately hmm. but i think after that after that initial um, uncomfortable feeling. You have it's. It's very liberating. I think at, the, at least it, it is for me. It's very. I don't really blame anything or anyone because you know it would be just you're prone dishonest. to make the same mistakes as them yeah and it, just it would in a different just way just be dishonest because at the end of the day mm. uh, if i go somewhere and do something stupid it was my decision to go there and to do something stupid <laughs> you know, nobody had a gun to my head and told me go there and do that it was a deliberate decision and i'm 100 percent responsible for it and i 100 percent take the responsibility for it and say it was my fault, yeah. and that's you know that's the end of the story. Not the government, not the school system, not my parents, not whatever. Um, it's just my responsibility. Well, in most
1: cases, yes, it probably has to be blamed on yourself. But like natural disasters or something, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> you can't blame that on yourself that well oh man i well I climate change i maybe, didn't but, recycle you know.
0: my trash uh the tsunami in japan is my fault <laughs> i'm <laughs> sorry
1: <laughs> yeah maybe that was ca- some kind of weird butterfly <laughs> effect but <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yes that that's like the self-reflection part there is so important if like my decision making process is first of all like based on the deathbed thing but also um it's based on how much time I want to invest into making the decision. Like in, it's about regret handling kind of, because either you, um, you actively decide against reflecting about your problem for uh, a consistent amount of time and just follow your gut, then you have to accept, uh, that the outcome may, might not be what you initially expected. Or you like go the opposite approach and, and go full hammock in the self-reflection thing and the problem thing uh, and thinking about the problem, and then you can't like basically I don't know you can't um, have any regrets about the decision that you made because it was the best decision that you could uh, that you were able to make in that position. Yeah, and it really helped me, for example, to liberate myself from all of those regret feelings because for me I'm when when looking back at some of the things I said and did it such a huge cringe factor <laughs> coming in there like yes. damn wh- why did you do that that just I don't know that was just some sort of egoistic trait character trait of yours why why you said that you just wanted to do both uh yeah and it's kind of really liberating if you think if you either actively decide against reflecting and just follow your gut or you uh, actively decide for self-reflection and make the best of the information and in, uh, whatever you had at hand. Yeah, actually, that's like my process.
0: Yeah, it, it's great. I, a discussion I had with um, you know, someone from, from this summer camp seminar sort of thing mm. Um we were talking about you know authenticity and being your honest self in all situations and blah 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 and also about this idea of regret and he told me i, I don't know what philosopher said that <laughs> but he told me that the truth like if you act truthful and authentically in every situation mm-hmm. you can only make the best possible decision and therefore the outcome you have now if if you've acted truthfully and honestly is the best outcome you could have possibly had so basically the truth always leads to the
1: best outcome and you know th- it seems so, like some kind of stoicism to yeah me. i think it probably was <laughs> yeah
0: probably was epictetus or something um <laughs>
1: But or some Instagram quote, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Those are the best philosophers out there. True, yeah. All those
0: influencers. <laughs> no, but it's mm. again. Also, uh, we we we've used the word uh liberating a lot, but it's really liberating to think, man, if I'm just if I just focus to be truthful and honest and authentic in every situation and in every decision I make, I will always. I will always be led to the best possible outcome for my life. So I I never have to think, oh man, if I if I would have just acted in this or that way. It's always, man, I I did my best. For once, I was honest. Mm-hmm. I was authentic, and now I'm here. And therefore this must this must be the best place I could possibly be at this moment. it's definitely stoicism
1: there can't (laughs) be any regrets it's definitely stoicism (laughs) yeah sounds really like it (laughs) but yes like that you can't possibly blame yourself for anything if you yeah invested enough uh yeah time into overthinking stuff definitely (laughs) or like into staying true to yourself as you put it
0: yeah (laughs) okay i think yeah this episode is now long enough for <laughs> a a part two <laughs> um uh,
1: we yeah we actually kind of feared that it would be too short but quite the opposite <laughs> yeah we
0: we deviated quite a bit but i think that's fine it's interesting
1: it, yeah but it's part of reading of, of course yeah <laughs> there are so many principles and i think that's what we what we invest a lot of our free time into like reading about that yeah self-development mentality stuff
0: so i think i think we can wrap it up now it was a great part two um i hope again you guys could take something from that maybe we could spark your love for books and reading again who knows
1: and it's the best thing you can do with your time please grab a book
0: (laughs) please (laughs) no it's really really true like you can you can watch an episode of netflix that's okay but you know instead of watching two episodes read a book for for the last 45 minutes and i think you're you're gonna have a way higher or maybe
1: not even that start out small of course yeah of course half a chapter two pages whatever read (laughs) many habits really but it really works like
0: telling yourself i'm just gonna read a page a day It's so ridiculously small that you can't possibly not do it. Like one. Yes,
1: and after like a year, you still will have finished one book, which is more than none.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So yeah.
1: Basic maths.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, start small and
1: start small. Start reading, and yeah, maybe you could also like uh, we're also able like to take away. Some of our uh, productivity systems oh, yes. on how to take your advice from books, how to put them into effect, uh, yeah, in a valuable manner.
0: Yeah, and definitely when reading nonfiction, I think we should really be foc uh, be focusing on implementing the stuff. You know, being practical with the information because it's great if you can summarize it, and if it's great if you can say I've I've read one hundred books this year. It's amazing, but I think it's more important to have have it practically implemented in your life and to actually mm. have it improved. And like 100
1: books, it's very unlikely. Yeah,
0: <laughs> there are some
1: crazy people out there, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Mr. Abdallah Yeah, I think <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're talking about him in every single episode. It's
1: actually <laughs> yeah, but he's quite inspiring but well that's something for another episode let's wrap yeah. wrap it up now wrap it up
0: so i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you could take some values some insights some lessons from this and start reading more i think that's that's the advice we have for you
1: oh and also like a, an a interesting question for me would be um which books would you recommend me or Yassin also to read there are, might be a lot of very inspiring books out there so be sure to like leave a comment yeah definitely On why you would recommend that and what you would recommend us. yeah
0: we'd be very happy to hear from you and to the next episode next week hopefully bye bye
1: bye bye have a nice day